Welcome to today's program. My friend, I'm so glad you're with me today. We're going to be returning to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, to see what kind of people God chooses to do His work. And you're going to find out you're exactly the kind of person that God wants to choose and to use. But before we get into the teaching, I want to remind you that we're offering you my brand new book called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. You might say, what does that mean, The Rest of the story. Well, when I got older and I began to really dive deep into the Christmas story, I found so many amazing treasures that no one had ever shared with me. And they are truly remarkable. And I've put it all into this book, which I call Christmas, the rest of the story. And the book is completely illustrated. Every page is full color. Now you might say, Rick, why are you already talking about Christmas? because I want you to have this book before the Christmas season gets here. And you ought to order several because it is definitely a book you're going to want to share with people that you love. And I want you to be ready for the Christmas season by getting this book. Watch this. In a culture where Santa seems to overpower the reason for the season, it's time to return to the true meaning of Christmas. In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, the Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the stunning details of the nativity story you have never heard. Details like who exactly was Joseph, the father of Jesus? Why did God choose Mary? What was the star that guided the wise men? Who were the wise men who came to see Jesus? How far did they travel? And what was the value of the gifts they brought to Christ? Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, the rest of the story, invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across decorated pages in a coffee table size format. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you will receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. This is a sweeping portrait of the Christmas story, allowing readers to reflect on why Jesus came at the dawn of the first century and ultimately the reason for his birth. With stunning illustrations and nearly 300 pages, your family can create a tradition that will last for generations. Great as a gift or enhancing your own traditions, pre-order the book today. Christmas, the rest of the story for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Please go online or give us a call and order your copy of Christmas, the rest of the story. And when you reach out to us, remember that we're also offering you my brand new series that I just love, which is called Chosen by God. It's 15 parts. It comes in multiple formats with a great study guide so that you can read all the points, the principles, all the Greek words that I'm sharing in this program. They're all in the study guide so you can read it while you're seeing it or while you're hearing it. And right now we're also offering you my book by the same name called Chosen by God. The foreword is written by Joyce Meyer. This is a book that will thrill you. It will fill you with faith and help you wake up to what it is that God has chosen you to do in this world. My friend, you are not an accident. Don't let the devil tell you that you're an accident. God doesn't make any accidents. He brought you into this world with a plan. We know that because Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, first of all, says you're God's masterpiece created to walk in works which were ordained just for you. That means God has a plan designed just for you. And I know you want to live up to the plan, so you need to know how to wake up to it. 
And that's what you'll learn by reading this book. But today, I want to read just a little bit of chapter 6. Listen to this. I frequently looked at my own life and wondered, why did God choose me to do this magnificent work He's entrusted into my hands? No one is more amazed than I am when I look at the ministry that God has given to me. And my friends, I really am amazed by it. Perhaps you've looked at yourself and asked the same question. I think anyone who's mightily used of God and has made an honest appraisal of himself honestly looks at his life and says, why me? It's a natural question to pose to oneself or to God. But there are reasons why God chooses certain people. And my friends, he's chosen you. But reach for your Bible. And today we're going to go back and look at the list of the kinds of people that God chooses, which is recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And today we're going to begin in our Bibles in verse 26, where the Bible says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh and not many mighty. That's what we covered yesterday. And I want to begin today by giving you the RIV of this verse. Listen to this. For you see your calling, brothers, how not many of you were especially bright, educated, or enlightened according to the world's standards. Not many of you were impressive or high and mighty in the world's view. That is how Paul describes the believers in the first century. And as I told you yesterday, many believers in the church, most believers in the church, were saved from the slave community. They were just common people. These were not people that had been afforded an education. They were not high and mighty. They were just common, run-of-the-mill, ordinary people. But they are the ones that God chose and my friends, if you see yourself as just being a common run-of-the-mill person, you're the kind of person God is looking to use. And then 1 Corinthians 1, 26 continues to add the next category. Listen to this. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. Well, what does the word noble mean? You say, well, that depicts royalty. Well, not entirely. Let me tell you what the word noble is in Greek. It is the Greek word eugenes. It's a compound of two words. The prefix is the word you, and the word you means well, good, or swell. It depicts something really, really good. And the word genes is where we get the word for the human gene. So when you compound the two words together, it portrays, portrays people that are well-born, it portrays people that have excellent genes. It was used to depict men of high descent, such as the sons of kings, politicians, or others from the upper crust of society. It referred to individuals whose ancestors had been powerful, wealthy, rich, famous. These are high-born, blue-blooded, cultured, refined, courtly, pedigreed, aristocratic people who have sustained their lofty positions in society based on their birth. In other words, they inherited their place simply because of the blood that flowed in their veins or because of the last name they were born with. These are privileged, blue-blooded people. That's really what it means. Now, in the ancient world, if you were born into a aristocratic family, it kind of guaranteed your place in society. Even if you were not bright, 
even if you never did anything to achieve fame or notoriety, just because you carried that blood in your veins or you were born with that name, it kind of sealed your place in society. Well, the church didn't have a lot of people like that. We saw in the last program, I can only name three powerful political kinds of people that were in the church in the first century, three of them. Go back and review the last program so you can see that. Most people that God called were not from this upper echelon of society. But some of this word, eugenes, also really describes people that are born with fabulous genes or they carry within them a streak of genius. And I want to give you an illustration. Albert Einstein was a brilliant, brilliant man. He carried a streak of genius. Well, several years ago, I was talking to a pastor who said to me, you know, Rick, I had the most interesting experience. I got a phone call and I was asked to go to an apartment, a very nice, beautiful apartment in the center of the city to visit with a very elderly woman who was the niece of Albert Einstein. He said, Rick, she had five doctorates, five doctorates, and she taught at a very prestigious university in the city. She was the niece of Albert Einstein. That streak of genius, which Albert Einstein possessed, was passed on through blood. Even his niece carried this streak of genius. That is amazing. And like her uncle, she was endowed with genius in her genes. It carried all the way to the top in her family until she became endowed with five doctorates. That is amazing to me. But Paul says in this verse that God hasn't specialized in calling this category of people. Indeed, he does. But many times they don't respond. They just don't respond. And if you take a look at world history, you'll see God hasn't primarily specialized in using kings, queens, royalty, politicians, scientists, philosophers, writers, movie stars, or celebrities to advance his kingdom. Sometimes he does, but not many, Paul says, are called from this category. From the outset of time, God's been reaching into the hearts of ordinary men and women, and that's why I got called, and that's why God is calling you. And as I told you in yesterday's program, when I was a young man, I really struggled with me. I had a bad self-image. I couldn't imagine I would ever do anything significant in life, and I really cover that struggle in our autobiography, which is called Unlikely. It's so unlikely that I'm sitting in this chair talking to you knowing what I thought about myself when I was a young man. But the power of God set me free and I woke up to the call of God. But if God isn't looking for the upper crust of society, then who is he looking for? If he's not looking to the upper crust, guess what? He must be looking to the lower crust, to the ordinary, usual, regular, routine, run-of-the-mill, standard, typical kind of people. Of course, he calls the rich and the famous as well. But God specializes in using ordinary people just like you and just like me. Say amen. And the fact that you can't claim that you're blue-blooded or you carry royalty in your vein, the fact that you can't claim that you have a streak of genius does not eliminate you. In fact, you're exactly the kind of person this verse says God wants to use. 
And the RIV of this verse to this point is like this. For you see your calling brothers, how not many of you were especially bright, educated, or enlightened according to the world's standards. Not many of you were impressive or high and mighty in the world's view. Not many came from high-ranking families or from the upper crust of society. But then in verse 27, Paul adds, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Say amen. That means we all qualify. Well, what does the word foolish really mean? Listen careful. It's the Greek word moreno. Do you hear another word? It's where we derive the word moron. But the word moreno depicts someone dull, someone dense, or someone slow. It could portray a person who was stupid or foolish, and hence it's translated as the word fool or foolish. It could also a picture a person who is mentally ill or mentally deranged, derogatorily. It was used to poke fun at people or to put down those considered to be intellectually inferior. This word foolish, the Greek word moreno, depicted people the world scorned at, made fun of, and treated with contempt. And again, it is where we get the word moron. And what is a moron? Well, here's what the thesaurus says. A moron is an idiot, imbecile, half-wit, numbskull, dimwit, dunce, blockhead, dope, ignoramus, lame brain, or twerp. <laughs> now, the truth is, no one is an idiot in God's view. You know, when I was young, struggling with my self-image, I had a teacher that didn't like me, and she called me stupid every day. It was so rude. Every day when she would call the role, she called everybody else by their names. But when she came to me, she would say, stupid runner. She just had a strike against me. And I was expected to say, here, well, that's rude. We should never call anyone an idiot. We should never call anybody stupid. That's just not the way that we should speak. And in God's view, no one is an idiot and no one is stupid. But if you look at history, the world has often viewed God's people as being nitwits, lame brains, and idiots. And the word moreno, which Paul uses in this verse, was used in Paul's time to depict people whom the world scorned, made fun of, and treated with contempt. You have to understand the early church was composed of servants and slaves. They lacked cultural refinement. It really wasn't that they were stupid. They had just never had an opportunity to be refined. They had never had an opportunity for higher education. Those privileges had never been extended to them. So the Roman Empire looked at the early church like they were just a bunch of foolish people. Wow. But the early Christians' lack of polish that made them look stupid in the eyes of the world did not stop them because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit who overcame all of their deficits. And if you feel you have a deficit in your life, hey, don't let that stop you. You're the kind of person God will use, and he'll get a lot of glory for working through you. But 1 Corinthians 1.27 goes on to say, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound, confound the wise. What does the word confound mean? It's a Greek word which means to put to shame. So you could translate it to put to shame the wise. It could be translated to embarrass, to embarrass the wise. It can be translated to confuse or to confuse the wise. It can be translated to frustrate 
or to baffle. So God has chosen us that we might frustrate and baffle the wise. And the word wise is again the same Greek word we saw yesterday, the Greek word sophos, which can portray highly educated people like scientists, philosophers, doctors, teachers, and others who were considered to be the super intelligentsia of society. Those who were brilliant, intellectually sharp, or especially enlightened, it depicts a class of individuals whom the world would call clever, astute, smart, or intellectually brilliant. It was a term reserved for those considered to be intellectually impressive or those who were a cut above the rest of society. And in this verse, Paul is saying that God calls simple people whom the world may call morons. The world may call them morons in order to put to shame, embarrass, confuse, frustrate, and baffle those who think they're so smart. So if anyone has ever called you stupid, or if anyone has ever called you an idiot, or they've ridiculed you and put you down, hmm, it's time for you to rejoice. You may be the very candidate God is looking to use. And here's the RIV of this verse to this point. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. For you see your calling brothers, how not many of you were especially bright, educated, or enlightened according to the world's standards. Not many of you were impressive or high and mighty in the world's view. Not many came from high-ranking families or from the upper crust of society. Instead, God selected people who are idiots in the world's view. In fact, the world sees them as imbeciles, jerks, real twerps. But God is using them to utterly confound those who seem smart in the world's eyes. That is just remarkable. God likes to use people through whom he can work and through whom he is going to be glorified. But then 1 Corinthians 1.27 continues to say, And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things of that are mighty. What does the word weak mean? Well, in this particular verse, this word weak refers to something that is weak, something that is base, something that is feeble, puny, or powerless. It describes something, listen to this, something that is substandard, second rate, low grade, inferior, in fact, so inferior it is laughable, laughable. And really, this makes me think of King David, because when King David was a boy, he was chosen by God to take down Goliath. And when Goliath saw David, he was so stunned that David came out to fight him because he looked at David like he was just a puny, powerless little boy. And we read in 1 Samuel 17, verse 42, and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. Goliath thought it was a joke that somebody like David would come out to fight him. And in fact, 1 Samuel 17, 43 says that Goliath actually said, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Goliath was shocked that someone who looked so puny would come out to try to take him down. But David was used by God and he took that giant down. But in the first century, when Paul was writing 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 
the church was the laughingstock of the Roman Empire. They were viewed by the state authorities as being puny, weak, powerless, just a silly little religious group. And it took a while for them to do it, but eventually the church threw that off and rose in the power of the Holy Spirit and changed world history. God chose people through whom he could work and turned them into a mighty army. It doesn't matter who they were when they were called, he transformed them. And if you think you're eliminated because of some deficit or deficiency in your life, my friends, that may be the very thing that makes you a first pick in the mind of God. And 1 Corinthians 1.27 continues to say, God the chosen, the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And the word confound again means to put to shame, to embarrass, to confuse, to frustrate, to baffle. God wants to use you to baffle those even that are mighty. And the word mighty here is again the Greek word dunatoi, which we saw in yesterday's program which really was the word to describe even those with political power, political might, a person who thinks he is so high and mighty in the world's view. Wow. But in the end, the church really emerged in the power of God and changed the face of human history. Listen to this. Common, regular, run-of-the-mill people These are the ones God chose, and with God's power, they conquered the world during their day. So quit seeing yourself as someone who is substandard, second-rate, low-grade, or inferior. The truth is, that may be who you were when you were called, but now you're filled with the Spirit of God, and you've got the call of God on your life. And who cares what the world thinks anyway? And the RIV of this verse so far would be like this. For you see your calling, brothers, how not many of you were especially bright, educated, or enlightened according to the world's standards. Not many of you were impressive or high and mighty in the world's view. Not many came from high-ranking families or from the upper crust of society. Instead, God selected people who are idiots in the world's view. In fact, the world sees them as imbeciles, jerks, real twerps, yet God is using them to utterly confound those who seem so smart in the world's eyes. God has picked out people who are laughable, and through them, he's confounding them who think they're so high and mighty. And my friends, you qualify to be used by God if you see yourself in this list. Hey, I'll be back in just a moment. And I want to pray for you. Rick Renner's new series, Chosen by God, is jam-packed with strength and encouragement to help you wake up to the fact that you are chosen by God and not just for salvation. God has a specific, marvelous, and powerful plan for your life right now. There is nothing more thrilling than to know you are chosen by God and exactly what He brought you into the world to do. In this powerful 15-part series, Rick will prove to you that God has a specific plan designed just for you. Why you are experiencing so many hassles along the way, you can overcome any roadblock the devil tries to use to stop you. You have everything you need inside you to bulldoze the powers of hell out of your way. That you are exactly the kind of person God wants to choose and use. This 15-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $24. We're also offering you Rick's 304-page book, 
Chosen by God with a foreword by Joyce Meyer. Joyce says, in Chosen by God, Rick clearly establishes that many are called, but few are chosen. But why is this the case? What are the necessary requirements for not only being called, but chosen as well? What is the cost of fulfilling God's call upon your life? Rick gives us all the requirements necessary to say yes and to fulfill our God-given destinies. This dynamic book is just $18. Are you ready for a life adventure? Order the 15-part series Chosen by God and the life-changing book Chosen by God. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. This is Rick Renner and my friends right now, we're in the very middle of our ministry expansion project. It's three phases. Phase one was building the new studio in Moscow. You helped us do that. Thank you. Phase two was finishing the interior of the studio. You helped us do that. Thank you. Now we're in phase three, which is retiring the debt on the ministry headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our ministry has never had debt. The reason we've been able to do what we've done is because we've never had to service debt. When we built our building in Riga, we did it cash. When we built the building in Moscow, it is amazing that we were able to do it with cash. And now we want to retire the debt on the Tulsa headquarters building so we can liberate all that money to really take the teaching of the Bible around the world. You know, it's never about buildings. It's about having an anchor where the Word of God can go forth. And in that Tulsa facility, we're taking calls from people who are literally calling us from all over the world. And from that facility, we're producing TV programs, social media, we're fulfilling orders for books and giving away thousands and thousands of different resources to people who are reaching out to us because they believe that we provide teaching they can trust. And it's very important that we retire that debt as quick as possible because it will liberate funds for the preaching of the word to the ends of the earth. And that is what we're called to do. And today I want to ask you to please continue to be a part of our giving team so we can retire the debt on the Tulsa building and then we'll be finished with the ministry expansion project. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for becoming a part of the giving team. I am so glad you've let me come into your space today. And I want to remind you that we're offering you my brand new series called Chosen by God. And it comes with a wonderful study guide. So you can read all the points and the principles and the Greek words while you're seeing or hearing the series. And we're right now offering you the book by the same name called Chosen by God. This is a book that you need to get and read and read and read. Even though I wrote it, I have reread it because I needed to be encouraged by the fact that I'm chosen by God, and so are you. And my friend, when you reach out to us, please let us know how to pray for you. We're really praying people. And when you reach out to this ministry, you won't get away from us without somebody really praying for you, and we know how to pray in faith. So let us know how to pray by calling us right now or send us an email. But I want to pray for you right now. Would you please put your hand on your heart? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the call of God that you've extended to every one of us. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking that we're not good enough or we're too substandard to be used. And help us, Lord, to rejoice that all of those deficiencies really make us a first pick 
because you can flow through us. And in our weakness, your power shows up best and you'll get glory through folks like us. Help us to embrace it and say yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'll be back tomorrow. We're going to continue right here. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.